Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for finally Friday, April 28th, 2023. The final Friday of April, which I know it's such a cliche to be like, oh my God, it's X month already. The year's moving by fast. And I, you know, in some ways I don't necessarily feel that. In Chicago winters, you're, you're eager to get out of them. But another part of me is, you know, it's already May. We're, we're, you know, almost halfway through the year, almost halfway through Beantown year six, which is wild. Thank you all for joining me and thank you for welcoming back stateside. My name is Quinn David Furness and this is my show. We are one of the top 500 podcasts on the north side of Chicago and we are the 112th ranked comedy podcast in the great state, uh, nation state, uh, Islamic Republic, if you will, of Pakistan, which if you haven't played Wordle yet today, I won't, or Worldle, I won't spoil it for you, but the nation today in Worldle was Pakistan. And the reason I semi-spoiled that for you is I went to worldle.com this morning. Kind of a tough word to say. W-O-R-L-D-L-E. I went to worldle.com this morning and was just going to play like I normally do. And the way, if you don't play worldle, uh, I'm going to see how many times I can say it in one episode. Essentially, first you guess the country based off of the outline or the shape of the country. And then second is you guess the capital. Third is you guess the flag. Fourth is, you guess, the population, and fifth and finally is the currency. So it's very sequential, right? You can't guess the currency of an unknown country before you actually guess what the country is. Today I log in, I go to worldle.com, and I'm already on like step three or four. And it's like, hey, what's the population of Pakistan or whatever? And it's like, well, I guess I'll, you know, I guess we'll not guess the country today, which, let's be real, it's not one of those borderline countries where I wouldn't have been able to just know it right off the right off the bat pakistan is pretty uh distinctive if you will shape wise but just kind of pissed me off anyways uh listener discretion is advised when you're listening to this show number one will occasionally some language number two this podcast is objectively terrible and yes i mentioned we are back stateside here we went to cancun mexico from uh, last Thursday, so eight days ago until we got back Tuesday afternoon, went to a resort. We were total pool bums, beach bums, that sort of thing. This was my first time in Mexico. Uh, so cross that country off the list. I think that brings me, excuse me, if you're not counting airports, excuse me, that brings me to like USA, Canada, Mexico, Dominican Republic, and then Rwanda, and depending on what story you hear or who you ask, Democratic Republic of the Congo. Essentially, we hiked up a, a border volcano uh, in the, whatever they're called, the Virunga Mountains or something like that. And the story is we, a couple of us walked with an armed guard, my brother and I, around the side of the volcano to a certain point. And at a certain point, uh, you know, it's it's a circle, right? So half of the circle is Rwanda, half of the circle is Democratic Republic of the Congo. I think, based off of what I know about this circle, that I did not technically get all the way into DRC, but I figured, hey, I walked through that kind of weird, it's kind of a weird, like, not really a marsh or a bog, because it wasn't very moisturous, but just some weird-ass plants. Uh, walked around pretty much all the way to the halfway point with an armed guard, uh, finding my footing and all that stuff. So I'm counting that as a, 
uh, F you to Coney. I made it, Coney 2012, already 11 years old. Uh, so those are the countries I've been to. I mentioned no airports because I've been in the Brussels airport before, but I wouldn't consider myself a Belgian expert. This was the second all-inclusive resort experience I've been to, the first being uh, Dominican Republic, which is infamous for its end uh, with the food poisoning and the traveling back and all that stuff. And that's, you know, that's that part of that trip really kind of overshadows the rest of it. Everything else up until that point I thought was pretty good. You know, the, the buffet food wasn't amazing there, but the rest of it was good. Like the drinks were nice. It was very relaxing. It was adults only. And overall, up until the last 12 hours of the trip or so, I had a very nice time. The uh, This experience here in Mexico, and this, this is not what we're going to be talking about the whole time, uh, but this experience here, and we do have Mexican trivia and a Mexican palindrome right after this. Uh, this time was very different. Uh, so to just contrast it against that, and if you want to read, I, I'm being serious, if you want to read my full review, because I'm not just going to sit here for half an hour on a Friday early evening and give you a full review uh, as my podcast. I already spent like 20 minutes writing my TripAdvisor review. So uh, beanheads out there, here's your call to action this week. If you want, go to TripAdvisor.com, search for Grand Oasis Cancun. Again, that's Grand Oasis Cancun. And uh, it'll be, if you just sort by most recent, it'll either be you know, the first hit or, you know, you might have to scroll one or two. I'm not sure, but I gave a very detailed response of all the things that I liked and uh, more so the things I didn't like. To really contrast it against my first all-inclusive resort experience in Punta Cana, this time in Cancun, I guess the first most notable thing was Punta Cana. This was totally our choice, but Punta Cana was adults only. This place was Basically, the exact opposite of that. You remember that show Kid Nation on CBS? It aired for one season. It was, gosh, it must, Kid Nation must have been, I'm going to just throw it out there, maybe like 2007, 2008, something like that. In fact, I'm so uh, confident in my guessing abilities that I'm going to guess, or we're going to look it up to see exactly when it did air. September 19th, 2007. Oh man, the king, the king has arrived. The king of guessing uh, weird CBS reality TV shows. Essentially, Kid Nation is, the premise is like there's 50 kids in this uh, California, on this California ranch and they are, you know, according to the show, unsupervised and supposed to run their own civilization. Now, there's a million flaws in that uh, premise, uh, which there kind of have to be. I mean, you have, when I say Kid Nation, we're talking like everyone is, I don't think they had anyone older than maybe like 14 or 15 on there. This is essentially what our resort was like, not to say that there are a bunch of unsupervised kids, but just a million children uh, who were doing a lot of cannonballs, a lot of dunking, lots of floaties, probably some code browns that were swept under the rug uh, or more, I guess, accurately swept into the filter. Definitely a lot of code yellows, like just I don't even want to really think about that. But so a lot of kids. So it's just kind of very loud and boisterous. The reviews we had read had labeled this place a spring break party resort, which I don't doubt that it is during more spring break times like mid-March to mid-April, but uh, this was uh, this was the exact opposite of a party resort because there's a million little kids, but then the other thing too is I'm curious how this place kind of has the reputation as being the party resort because in terms of 
one of the things you get when you book an all uh, inclusive or when you go to one of those places is there's a lot of entertainment built in and you know live music shows you know all sorts of experiences we didn't really experience that i mean there were a couple things like shows if you will um we saw like a fire uh, dancers kind of thing in the lobby of the hotel uh the first night we were there we saw just a really unfortunately god-awful cabaret that was not a cabaret it was basically karaoke with a really bad dinner essentially a dinner show with really bad food and worse entertainment uh our second night it was labeled or billed as being very like exclusive right um so that was rough and then you know we we got live music from a a solid band our last night there but then other times they'd be like oh there's gonna be live music here according to you know the screens around the resort or the app or whatever it is and we'd go and there wouldn't be music uh, we never went into there's there's two clubs if you will there's coyote loco meaning the crazy coyote and then kinky nightclub we never went into coyote loco because it either looked like it was and i guess this is just how nightclubs work right it either looked like it was completely dead and there's nothing happening in there or it was just like so loud that you can't hear a single thing and neither of those is really that interesting to me. And then there's the Kinky Bar, which or Kinky Nightclub, which we never quite found. Uh, this place was huge. So just kind of, uh, you know, entertainment-wise, not great. Um, the food was really rough. I mean, you know, you go to these resorts, there's, uh, you know, always buffets you can fall back on. And there were some things at the buffets, like the omelets in the morning, fantastic. Uh, made from scratch, all that stuff. You, you, you know, of course, say what you want in it. The uh, crepes at night for dessert at one of the buffets, really, really well done. But a lot of the other stuff in between was just hit or miss. But, you know, the bigger thing is they have a couple of these restaurants that, you know, they really play up. It's like, oh, you got to get reservations. Uh, and you do. I mean, you got you to be on top of that stuff. So we, we did. We were, you know, we, we wanted to experience it. I mentioned the cabaret already. It was really rough. The second thing we did was a steakhouse. I've never really seen steak like that. Um, it was at least 50% fat. I got a New York strip steak. Uh, it was very gray, um, not, you know, ordered medium and it was like, well, well, well done. And so that was just not a great experience, the steakhouse. And then the last kind of specialty thing we did was, uh, an Italian restaurant. And I'll say this, I had, I ordered lasagna. It was clear that it was, you know, frozen and just stuck in a microwave or something like that but it's one of those things where like you know sometimes you get some of those freezer meals from the grocery store and you know it's not very healthy for you and you know you're not getting a five-star meal but it still kind of slaps that's kind of how i felt about my lasagna it was pretty good rachel on the other end ordered some sort of i don't know if it was a spaghetti dish or linguine but it wasn't red sauce i think it was pesto or something but it was just it was lifeless cold uh just not fun to look at. Basically, the White Sox this year. But um, so, yeah, those those were some big misses. And then the last thing I'll say, um, and this is my biggest beef with this place. It's an all inclusive. Basically, you get there, and if you have the all inclusive, that kind of gets you in on the ground floor of what's going on there in terms of access to restaurants and access to nice kind of pool spaces and beach spaces. If you want to access any of that that stuff, more of the uh, apparently more premium, I don't know, restaurants or any of the 
nicer kind of cabanas or, you know, beds on the beach, anything like that. You got to pay and you got to pay a solid amount. They tried to charge. So we, we ended up splurging for it one day. We paid 38 us dollars, um, basically to have full access to essentially what is the space between the main pool and the beach. There are some really nice, just like semi-private pools and like chairs and spaces, things that were like 10% utilized by people there. So they have all this really nice stuff and you couldn't use it um, unless you paid a lot of money. I think they wanted like 50 or 60 bucks and we only paid them 38. Rachel took care of it. I'm not exactly sure what this situation was, but you know, the, this main pool with all these kids is just extremely overcrowded, overbooked, all that stuff. And then you have all these nice spaces that no one uh, outside of a select few people are paying for, us included, but just for one day. And so the whole time you're there, if you didn't pay for that, you're just like looking at all these beautiful spaces, pools and beds and umbrellas and all that stuff that are not being used by anyone. So that was just kind of frustrating. But, you know, same kind of deal. There's a million restaurants. I would say more more restaurants and bars than not, you had to pay more to get into. Um, so basically what we had access to was like 30 to 35% of the resort, um, which is just frustrating, right? Because you go online, you book. Um, it's an all-inclusive, right? Anyone here listening, uh, thank you for listening, who has ever booked an all-inclusive before, you know that it's you book an all-inclusive because you want everything there included, food, drink, all that stuff. Uh, I won't get into the drinks too much, but suffice to say, you would need like five tequila sodas to equal one regular tequila soda. And that's just frustrating because you're getting so much ice that's questionable. The source of it is questionable and then just a lot of volume. And so it was just, you know, it was one of those things to put a bow on this where it was really nice. Or let me flip this around. Had a lot of issues, a lot of things that didn't go our way. A lot of things that weren't what we pictured or imagined. But we still had the great chance to unplug, and I did some serious unplugging. I didn't play Toon Blast the whole time I was there, just on the flight to and there, or to and back. Uh, you know, just unplug and get some sun and do some people watching, right? That's always a good thing. And we did some, we met some 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 interesting people. This uh, girls group who met each other while they were there, probably all like late 40s, early 50s. Uh, they were just wild, especially their ringleader, who I think was from Jersey or something like that. She was, it was basically the Real Housewives of New Jersey, like C-grade spinoff that they tried to launch on E or something like that. That's essentially who these ladies were. They were nice, but just... Um, that one in particular, she was wild. Hopefully she never finds the show. I don't know. I don't remember what we told her or not. And she certainly doesn't remember. She was extremely toasted. So that was Cancun. That was our trip to, to Mexico, my first time. But it's good to be back. It's good to be able to just, you know, pull that faucet wide open and take a chug. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, and then we're going to do palindromes, trivia, and then we're going we're gonna to extremely shift gears here into a new direction based off of something that happened this past week. And also I'll mention the NFL draft round one was last night. Round two starts in about half an hour at the time of this recording. Um, my picks were way off. Let's just put it that way. But it, who's going to predict, a, you know, the Texans drafted two and then traded back to get number three. That was crazy. Um, 
other weird things that happened, like the Bears and Eagles swapping picks and the Bears missing out on Jalen Carter. Uh, obviously, the craziest thing of the night, Will Levis not getting drafted at all. Uh, he just kept falling and falling, and then you finally get to the Vikings, and you're like, wow, the Vikings are actually going to take Will Levis, and then they kept passing or they passed on him. Uh, by the way, in case you're not really a hardcore NFL fan, but you do uh, support the show and support the Minnesota Vikings, perhaps. We selected Jordan Addison, wide receiver from originally Pitt and then transferred to uh, USC. So wide receiver two season is here, baby. Someone to pair with Justin Jefferson. But if you're curious, hey, how did Quinn, how did your picks fare from last week's show to the actual result? And it was very poor. We'll just leave it at that. I want to give a shout-out to our sponsors. Home Pride Oregon, when you need your home inspected in Central Oregon, you got to call someone who's safe, certified, someone who you can trust. Call the experts at Home Pride Oregon, Steve, at 541-410-0316, or visit homeprideoregon.com. Again, that's 541-410-0316, or visit homeprideoregon.com. Home Pride Oregon Inspection Perfection. Also, our friends at the Samson Q2U series, we are still using our second gen, not our third gen Samson here, but it's holding out pretty well. Crisp, clear audio quality. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Pentateuch, and the New Testament, and all those minor and major prophets in between. When God speaks, he uses Samson. And finally, of course, our good friends, Cuts by Q, just send a nice little neck shave. You know, that's something you can get. We'll give you the hot towel treatment. I got like I have at least like four or five towels I could use. I'll stick them in the oven uh, in a, you know, in like a pot of water or something. That's, that's, you know, that's luxury service. And I'll only, I won't even, we'll keep that in our $20 flat rate. I'll just uh, maybe be racist and get kind of pissed off at you if you don't tip though. Cancun style, okay? Uh, even though, even if you already tipped at the start, okay? So uh, when you need a fresh do something snappier or new, called the experts at cuts by Q. Obviously none of that was based off of recent personal experience. By the way, we're working on a big gulp diet Coke over here. Not drinking right now. Unfortunately I have a work call at seven 30, which is just, I got squeezed into a tough spot where the availability for this student I'm working with was like 7 PM to 7 p.m. Friday to like 10 a.m. Saturday. And I was just like, there's not a good option, right? It either cuts into your Friday night and you can't really do anything, can't go out or anything on a Friday, or you kind of got to wake up and not run until after that on a Saturday morning. And for me, I just, I guess I value the run a little bit more, getting it out of the way in the morning, coming home and relaxing. Today's uh, palindrome of the day and trivia question of the day are both Mexico-related. Today's palindrome of the day, as you might have guessed, is in Espanol. Apparently, this is a song. I don't know what it means because I don't know what this verb is, but here is your palindrome of the day. It's a, a phrase. Anita, lava, latina. And that's la space tina, so like the tina, not latina. Anita... Lava, la, Tina. I sound like I'm one of those older people on Wheel of Fortune making sure that they get things very exact. We were watching an episode. I don't know if it was Wednesday or Thursday. I guess it was Wednesday. I didn't, I missed Wheel of Fortune yesterday. Um, where, you know, and I'm all for, you know, slowing it down as you solve to make sure you get it right. You don't want to rush through, obviously, and, and F it up. Like, 
I'm all for that. But this lady who was solving really took it to extremes. It was literally Anita, Lava, La, Tina. And I think the biggest thing was the puzzle was one of the biggest puzzles I've ever seen. They had to bring in a second board just to fit all the letters. And so Pat made a comment. It was like, that was the longest solve we've ever had. And I, you know, absolutely no one's keeping track of that stuff. But it, it, was, it had to have been a solid, I would guess, about 10 seconds from start to finish, which is uh, feels like a long time in a 22-minute show. So, Our trivia question of the day. We're gonna put let's let's we never do this, but our let's uh, pre prereq this with a a difficulty level on a scale of one to ten. I'm gonna give this like a three, okay. Um, but here we go. So we were just in Mexico. We were just in the Yucatan Peninsula. That's Mayan country, baby. So here we go. It's just going to be fill in the blank. I'm just reading it right here uh, from the Wikipedia page. I didn't doll this up in any way. Uh, the first contact between the Mayan Empire and European explorers came in 1502 during the fourth voyage of blank, this person essentially, when his brother Bartholomew encountered a Mayan canoe. Several Spanish expeditions followed in 1517 and 1519, making landfall in various parts of the Yucatan coast. So again, I'm looking for the person the explorer whose fourth voyage was the first recorded European contact with the Mayan Empire. One more time, the first contact between the Mayan Empire and the European explorers came in, in, came in 1502 during the fourth voyage of this explorer when his brother Bartholomew encountered a canoe, yada, yada, yada. So I'm asking whose fourth voyage encountered the Mayans. We're going to reveal the answer now. It was Christopher Columbus. And the reason I gave that a three on the difficulty scale is just because we all know Christopher Columbus first hit America, 1492. It's a classic rhyme. So I just gave you a year, 10 years later, fourth voyage. To me, it's like, who else are you going to guess, right? There's no one else that early. Cortez is the next big one that comes, but he's like 15 15-ish, like it's either 15, 12, or 15, 17 exactly, but um, I think. So it's like you got to go before that. And, of course, Cortez is um, the Aztec, not the Mayans. So I feel like if you have a basic grasp on uh, the age of exploration, then that one hopefully wasn't too hard. Um, so there you go, Christopher Columbus, a, uh, a, a classic polarizing figure. In many cultures, I guess he's probably not very polarizing in like, or wasn't very polarizing for the Mayans, right? He probably brought like syphilis and stole their maize, M-A-I-Z-E. So he's probably less polarizing and more just universally hated. Um, but I don't know. Every year, every year without fail, Columbus Day rolls around. Of course, now it's it's dual Columbus Day and Indigenous Peoples Day, which is fantastic. But there's always going to be some group, whether it's the Italians or the mega Republicans who are like, oh, you can't take away Columbus Day. And it's like, who cares? I just want the day off. And I don't think I, I don't think I've ever had the day off Columbus Day before. I don't remember in high school, like, did we get Columbus Day off? I don't think so, but I can't really remember. Anyways, shifting gears for the last couple minutes here. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but it, it might plant the seeds for a crazy theme episode in the future in case you missed it and i certainly did um 
a couple days ago, I think this was like Tuesday of this week, maybe, Oscar-winning actor Matthew McConaughey, excuse me, came out with a six and a half hour live stream titled The Art of Livin', not living, livin', L-I-V-I-N apostrophe. I don't really know how to describe it, and I've watched some of the, I've, I've jumped around in the six and a half hour live stream and seen some of it. It's essentially a self-help seminar, if you will. And I'll, let me just try to replicate it. And what I what I am toying the idea with, what I am toying with the idea of is doing my own Beantown podcast self-help seminar. Now, I'm not going to do six and a half hours. And Matthew McConaughey didn't do that by himself. He had guests and pauses and bathroom breaks and all that stuff. But let me just give you a, a little taste. And if you want to go watch it for yourself or parts of it, literally just YouTube Matthew McConaughey Art of Living. The big problem with this is that at the end, it turns into a sales pitch. Basically, you got to spend $397 to get more art of living. And it wasn't, it just wasn't advertised that way. So people got really pissed off. Um, Understandably, why is Matthew McConaughey charging $397? My favorite part of this is that, um, (laughs) there it is. There's multiple times throughout this live stream where, to paint the scene, essentially, to paint the picture, to set the scene, Matthew McConaughey is sitting down with a bongo in between his legs. He's reading live stream comments. The idea is essentially people are sharing in the stream comments things that are weighing them down, right? Or like keeping them back from living their best life. Living, not living. So some of the ones I just saw, we just Rachel and I just looked at this like an hour ago. Some of them were, you know, common, like the the system, the man, uh, money problems. Another, <laughs> there was this one, and Matt, so Matthew McConaughey is just sitting there playing his bongo. He's just reading these, and they're kind of rhythmic, like some of them are kind of not. Uh, but then one person was just like, my daughter. <laughs> He's just reading all of this live on air. Uh, this whole thing is just very bizarre. It's almost like... It felt like Scientolo- Scientological almost, which it, I don't know if anyone has ever used that full word before. But basically, he's got like the bongo music going, and it's kind of hokey. It's kind of weird. It's like, and he's just, you got you to gotta let go for yourself. You, you have to learn to be selfish. You got to cross over the bridge of troubles and join the other side of you you have to believe in yourself you gotta go do that next thing for you you gotta let all these troubles just melt away so so put in the live stream comments what's what's bugging you what's bothering you the system working your aunt Bad weather. The Z key on your keyboard keeps coming unstuck. You got an old MacBook from 2013. It don't run so good no more. You go to a bad cabaret in Mexico and they serve you sparkling grape juice and say that there's alcohol in it, but we don't think there is. And then it's not really cabaret. It's basically just karaoke and they bring you some sort of weird 
beef dish because it's kind of a dinner show and there's no menu and you just get served whatever you get served and it basically looks kind of like dog food but you're you're so hungry you're just gonna kind of eat it no matter what you gotta let that go folks uh i don't know other stuff like that we'll keep this is if (laughs) i didn't mention this before uh in case you're wondering you want to go listen to this for yourself this is on youtube this great music I just found it before we started recording. It's called Bongo Madness. Royalty-free music. Instrumental. Creative Commons music. 21 likes. Well, 22 now. Bongo Madness. Check it out. But I'm not I'm not kidding. We'll let the music play out there. It's got a minute left. That's essentially what we're working with. So I guess if we want to get creative here on the Beantown Podcast, we can... You, you want to be able to parody it without just copying it. That's the ultimate, you know, tightrope to walk. But we look, we all know Matthew McConaughey's a little strange, a little weird, kind of like Woody Harrelson. It's, if you ever watched uh, True Detective Season 1, you kind of get that sense that they're both a little kind of nutty. But in real life, they're nutty too. But I always, I always held Matthew McConaughey in like a pretty high esteem. Like, you know, he's kind of a stoner, but... He seems like a really genuinely good guy, and I still think he might be. But then he comes out and does something just bad shit crazy like this, and you're just kind of like, what on earth? If it was, here's the, I guess here's my thing with Matthew McConaughey. Thank you, Bongo Madness. Here's my thing with Art of Living. If it was just the six and a half hour live stream, and it was just like, he was just trying to be like empowering and you know, all that fun stuff, then I'm like, okay, you know, that's weird, but great. But the whole, like, pay $397 to do more of this, like, almost like MLM scheme-ish kind of thing, just feels so weird. Like, and then he, oh, I forgot to mention this. He brings out Tony Robbins at the end to do some more uh, self-help, self-empowerment. I, you know, if it was, here's, here's my thing. If that was Tim Robbins, then... You got my $397, but I'm not as big on Tony. I go more for the Oscar winner. So if you had yeah, Matthew McConaughey, if you have another Oscar winner, Tim Robbins, then that would have I would have paid the $397 for that. So last thing here as we wrap up here, because I'm 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 feeling good to go. This is a nice tight 30 plus. On the topic of Tim Robbins, um, I mentioned Oscar winner, but I like to just float float that term out there that label out there to anyone who's ever been in a movie sometimes just to hype them up but i i'm pretty sure tim robbins actually is an oscar winner so here's our uh unplanned second beantown podcast trivia question of the week and you can always email us after the fact let us know how you scored today Uh, and you can give yourself half a bonus point if you already knew christopher columbus had a brother named bartholomew who discovered a mayan canoe so However you want to keep track, go for it. It's like, wait, wait, don't tell me. The points don't really matter. But our trivia question, uh, and I'm not going to phrase this elegantly. Um, okay, here we go. And this is what I thought it was, so I'm proud of myself for knowing. Tim Robbins is an Oscar winner. He won the Best Supporting Actor Academy Award and the Golden Globe for his role in this 2003 film. So his his biggest, like, Biggest film that people probably know is Shawshank Redemption, 1994. I don't know if he was Oscar nominated for that. Um, 
He also has an Academy Award nomination for Best Director for Dead Man Walking, which I've never actually seen before. Let's scroll down here to the awards section, see if there are any other Oscar noms we got we to gotta know about. Um, no, so it's just the he wasn't nominated for, he was not nominated for Shawshank Redemption, which I don't know if that was controversial at the time. Uh, but he was nominated for Best Director for Dead Man Walking, which is 1995. Never seen it. Susan Sarandon, Sean Penn. So your clue is related to that. So we're asking which movie did he uh, win Best Supporting Actor for? It was directed by Sean Penn. I've seen it once. I liked it. Uh, other members of this cast. So it was directed by Sean Penn, I believe. Let's confirm that. Oh, uh, just gave you a bad clue. Not directed by Sean Penn, but starring Sean Penn, directed by Clint Eastwood. Okay, so 2003 film, directed by Clint Eastwood, starring Sean Penn, of course, Tim Robbins, and then Kevin Bacon. Those are kind of the big three in this movie, but it also has Lawrence Fishburne, Marsha Gay Harden, and Laura Linney. So just a crazy good cast. Uh, It's a good movie, set in Boston, kind of uh, unsettling at times. It has to do with uh, rape and uh, power and just... All those kind of fun things. So, of course, if you don't know, here comes the answer. That is Mystic River, which is basically what I, uh, when I was younger in fantasy football and things really weren't going my way, I would change team names to try to give the team a boost. And I think I had Phillip Rivers as my quarterback. So for a hot second, like a couple weeks, my fantasy football team name, this was probably back in like 2010, uh, was Mystic Rivers. And at the time, I had never seen Mystic River, but I have since. And it's a solid, solid movie. If you're looking, for, if you're just looking for like a really, you know, holds up well, excellent cast, you know, it's going to be two hours of your time, uh, but you, you want to just like see a legit good movie that you haven't seen before, Mystic River, good pick, another good option, Training Day with Denzel and uh, what's his name? Ethan Hawke, Handsome Hawke. Those are my my popcorn picks for this week. New segment on the Bean Town Podcast. Guys, that's what I had for you today. I am going to wrap up here so that I can go watch a little bit of that second round of the NFL draft, which the Minnesota Vikings do not have a pick. But uh, we'll see how it plays out. My name is Queen David Furness. Thank you so much for tuning in to my show. I hope everyone is staying safe. I hope you're staying sane. I will come check in on you next week. Bye.